Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Welcome back to another episode of Females on Fire. Today is going to be a very fun conversation because we are talking about something that a lot of you know is something I mention a lot, and that is being multi-passionate. So today we have Deanna Joy with us, and she is a copywriter and creativity coach, and she is all about celebrating multi-passionate creativity, which makes me so happy because this is something so close to my heart. So Joy, thank you so much for joining us today. It is my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so excited to talk to you about all things multi-passionate creativity. Yes, I'm very excited to hear what you have to say and just get some of your opinions on a few questions that I have. So first of all, can you just tell everybody who you are, where you came from, and just give them your whole story? Absolutely. So my name is Deanna Joy. For the purposes of social and all of my online presence, I go by my middle name, which is Joy. And I often say that the internet just can't handle apostrophes. There's an apostrophe in my first name, so I tend to just leave it out because I try to put it in online forms and it just rejects it every time. So I go by my middle name, which tends to work out because Joy really does represent my personality quite well. Um, I'm a very outgoing person just by default. It's kind of my nature. And I've always been multi-passionate. I'm an only child, so I had a lot of time to explore myself and explore my own creativity from a young age, born and raised in Los Angeles, uh, California, and just being on my own as a little pup and trying to figure out this world really led me to being super creative. My mom always made time for arts and crafts. And even when I felt like I was not as good as her at painting or all of these things, she she made me do it. It was something that was not optional in my household. There was time set aside for creativity. And my father's a musician, so I also grew up around a lot of live music. And so I am a bona fide multi-passionate creative. I sing and compose music. I write poetry, narratives, um, short stories, and I write for my blog. I'm also a copywriter. I do email, uh, newsletter marketing, blog copy, web content, social content. I also have started a community for multi-passionate, so I like to think of myself as a community builder, um, among other things. I also love crafts and collaging and photography. I've done some product photography that actually landed in the LA Times and in Forbes, so that was really cool. And I just lean into my passions and really embrace them. But to be honest, it wasn't always this way. There were definitely many years of my experience where having many gifts didn't feel like a positive thing. It felt like, okay, great, I have all of these passions, but I don't know what to do with them. Or I would start something and get really excited about it in the beginning. 
and then lose momentum and jump ship. And what that led to was a lot of negative self-talk, a lot of feeling like I'll never be successful because I can't focus. I'll never, you know, find my thing, my one thing, because I love so many things. And I just kind of thought, this is how it's always going to be, or this is how I am. And then I decided to start a blog and that changed everything. So I literally woke up one day and kind of was like, enough is enough. I'm tired of feeling like there's something wrong with me because I have so many passions. And I decided to start a blog as a safe space for me to share all of my passions. So I started joinnowshow.com back in 2017. And it really was a passion project. I mean, if you go back to my older blog posts, you'll see recipes, you'll see um, DIY. It's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, because that was the point. In the beginning, the whole point was to create a space where I could have complete creative control and creative fluidity. And the gift that I didn't even anticipate was that I quickly realized, oh, wait a minute, I can totally follow through. I can show up for myself. There is nothing wrong with me. I just needed to do it in a way that felt good for me instead of trying to fit myself in a box. Um, like everyone else was saying, choose your one thing. And when I rejected that was when I began to thrive. And so the next level of, of my journey has been giving that gift back to my fellow multi-passionate creatives and multi-passionate entrepreneurs in the world. So now I'm leaning into coaching so I coach multi-passionates who need to get out of their own way and finally start that project that they've been wanting to start. Or maybe they have a project, but they feel overwhelmed because they always have constantly these new ideas and they don't know how to integrate them. So I do a little bit of consulting, a little bit of coaching, and I call that the Creative Abundance uh, Coaching Program. So it's really been a very organic journey just from me finding my way and then realizing that if I could do it, anyone can, and then wanting to give that back. And that's where I'm at now. I absolutely love everything you just said because I relate <laughs> to it so deeply. And I, this is why I'm so excited to have you on and to have this conversation because I think there's not a lot of conversation and resources that are really geared toward multi-passionates. I feel like, it, like you mentioned, your whole life you kept hearing like, I need to pick one thing or I need to focus in on one thing and I've got to follow through on this one thing. And I heard the same thing through my entire business journey. It's been, well, you can't offer this many services or, oh, you have multiple businesses. How does that work? And people kind of look at you a little funny when you say that you do multiple different things. And I just got to the point where I started calling myself a serial entrepreneur because I hated having to explain like five different businesses and having people give me that weird look. And so I love that you're just so passionate about being multi-passionate. I, I love that you just settled on the fact that you've got all of these passions, you're going to follow them all and you don't really necessarily care what other people think about it. That's so great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like when someone says, so what do you do? I'm like, uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, it's, it's interesting because one, one of the things I do with my coaching clients is um, we create like one sentence, right? So even if you're doing many things, usually you can narrow it down to one sentence. And this is like the capsule size, bite-sized version that you can toss out. Like 
at a networking event or something like that. But there is something really powerful about embracing the and, right? I do this and this and this, and getting to the point where you can say that confidently, that's also super important. And a big part of that is letting go of the desire to keep other people comfortable. That's something that I realized we make people a little bit uncomfortable because you know, they want one answer. So what do you do? They want one answer. Oh, I'm a blogger. You know, it's easy to digest. When you go into the other pieces, people get a little antsy. You feel like, oh, am I taking too much of the time? And so a big part of it is just letting go of the desire to make other people comfortable and realizing that the more we can show up as our full selves, the more we give other people permission to do that as well. Definitely. I so agree with that. And I think, I think that pretty much applies to everything. Like just focus on you and focus on your own stuff and don't worry what everybody else is telling you you can or can't do because especially in business, I feel like if you want to do something, there's always going to be people who think you can't and there's always going to be people who think you shouldn't because it's already been done or they could do it better or whatever the reason. And I feel like, you know, if you're not upsetting somebody, you're not doing it right. Cause you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea all the time. So I feel like it's definitely so true. Like you've just got to kind of ignore the people who don't necessarily agree with what you're doing and just embrace who you are. So I love that. Absolutely. Attract and repel, attract yes. and repel the people who are like, so sometimes when I send out my emails, I have a lot of different links. I'm linking to various blog posts. And I remember someone replying saying, wow, that, that was a lot of link. You know, that was a lot of information. And I just thought, okay, well, you're probably not my person because I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I've got, at that point, at that time, I had an Etsy shop. Like I was doing a lot of different things and I was promoting all of them. And so, I mean, you want to be strategic about your delivery, but also realize that there are some people who just really need you to be more niche down or more specific and they can't process your particular way of giving information. And that's totally fine. Those are not your people. Definitely. And I think, I think there's nothing wrong with just to put this out there. I feel like we're not saying there's anything wrong with just having one passion and there's definitely not anything wrong with finding your niche and really focusing in on that niche. But at the same time, I feel like the world we live in, the society that we're in really celebrates those people, celebrates the people who can hone in on one thing for their entire life and really build that up and be successful with it. And we don't necessarily celebrate the ones who are trying to do a ton of things. I've heard so many big influencers, people that I follow, people that I've looked up to who really kind of almost put down people who have multiple passions and multiple like creative outlets or businesses because they're like, oh, well, you shouldn't be that busy. Busy is not a good thing. You shouldn't be that busy all the time. And, and to me, I'm like, if I'm not busy, I'm bored. I have so many different things that I want to do. And so if I'm not getting to work on something, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be work all the time, but if I'm not getting to do something I enjoy, I get really bored really fast. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of multi-passionates can relate to that and feel that way. And so I think just opening up the conversation and opening up, you know, celebrating multi-passionates in addition to the people who find that niche and, and really focus in on it and just 
letting everybody do their own thing is, is so important. Cause like you said, not everybody is your people, not everything is made for you. So learning to just focus on the things that you want to do, whether that's one thing or 10 and letting the rest fall away. I think it's so important to, you know, your own personal journey and your journey in business too. I want to stand up on top of my desk right now and give you a standing ovation. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, let me tell you, you know, exactly. It's not that I'm saying that there is a hierarchy or like people who have multiple passions are somehow more gifted than those who can focus in at, that's not what I'm saying at any at all. And a lot of well-meaning advice. And I want to also preface this because I'm sure you've had a lot of amazing guests on your podcast who may have spoken about niching down as you know, as a strategy. And I would love to just dive into that at some point during this conversation, because I have a lot to talk about around the subject of niching down. Um, but it's not to say that one way is better than the other, but you're absolutely right. What I realized is there was no one looking at me and saying, there's nothing wrong with you. It's okay that you have many passions. In fact, it's a gift. No one told me that. I struggled for years because I had never been looked in the eyes or, you know, listened to a podcast where that was celebrated. And that's not to say that it's not out there, but it's not out there enough to where I was hearing it. So it became my personal mission to be that person. So when I'm coaching, that's what I start with. I just look my client in the eye, like on a Zoom call or whatever, and I say, there's nothing wrong with you. And it's oftentimes the first time that they've heard that. And that's, you know, it's, I mean, I'm honored to do this work, but it is a little bit disheartening because how many people are out there who are prolific painters who love to work in mixed media who love to write who love photography who have a gift for interior design who are experts at organizing data who can create an event like in a few hours because they are just on top of it who are really great at connecting other people who have all of these talents and yet because they cannot pick one they feel that they are not worthy of sharing any of them true and so those extremely talented people are sitting on their hands and hiding their gifts from the world and going and getting a nine to five or whatever and staying super duper safe because they can't pick one thing. They think something's wrong with them. All the business advice they're getting is about niching down, choosing your niche. They're afraid to try a little of this, try a little of that because they don't want people to think that they are scattered, wishy-washy, flaky all over the place. So they do nothing. That is my mission. My mission is to change that because it's not even about doing all of the things. This is another piece. It's not about doing everything at once, but giving yourself permission that it's okay to explore your passions before you ever put the pressure on yourself to choose one thing is the difference between expressing yourself and hiding your gifts. So I mean, that's what, that's what my work is all about. And it wasn't that I came out the gate, like I'm going to start a blog and then I'm going to start coaching. Absolutely not. I literally started a blog for myself. I needed something because I was so frustrated. I needed something. I knew I had talent. I needed somewhere to put it. I was like, I'm just going to dump myself onto the internet and have a little home there. It was for me. 
And it wasn't until I had been blogging for like a year and a half that it hit me, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's something bigger I want to support and I want to create community. That's the next layer is creating community around this. So if I had never shared my gifts, if I had never started my blog, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And this is just the beginning. So that is just a testament to say, figure out a way to share. And if you're not sure how to do that, like get in touch with me or, you know, reach out to someone who you see doing multiple things and ask them for a conversation because it is possible. And the more that our community gathers proof that it's possible to pursue multiple passions um, or to just be a multi-passionate person, even if you're only pursuing one thing, but you still identify as multi-passionate, that allows you the freedom to at any point start integrating more of your creativity, right? So that's another layer. You don't have to do everything, but you can still be your full self without all of the doing. Because then, then we're talking about a lot of other pieces, time management, overwhelm, etc. So I just think it's so important for these conversations to continue to happen and for people to realize that there is no benefit in sitting on your hands and not sharing your gifts. Choosing one thing is overrated, right? I think we can agree on that. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And I, I think I owe you the standing ovation now because I definitely heard your voice get a little fired up there for a second. And I know you just got really super passionate about what you're talking about. And I love that. I love, this is my favorite thing about this podcast is just getting that chat with women who get so fired up about whatever it is they're talking about. I don't even care what the topic is. It's just hearing <laughs> get fired up is the best part for me. So I love how, how fiery your voice just got. It was great. Thank you. I know it's like a little preachy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's Sometimes we need a little preachy, right? We need yeah. a slap in the face to wake us up. So, yeah, but I, I love that you, you mentioned that about there's no benefit to just sitting on your hands because I think, I think that's where people just let those ideas fall away. Sometimes is they're just like, well, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. People would look at me weird. I don't even know how I would introduce myself and people don't realize there's literally no benefit to not doing the thing that's on your mind, whatever it is. There's no benefit to not starting it right now today. And so yeah. I love that you said that because I think that that's the slap in the face that everybody needed to hear, you know, whatever's on your mind, whatever you've been thinking about doing, even if you're not good at it and you just wanted to pick it up as a hobby, you know, mm -hmm. When I mean, I've heard so many people say, you know, when you want to do something, you're going to do it. And when you don't really want to do something, you're going to find an excuse and or some version of that. And so I think and I think that's so true, because if you really have something on your mind and you can't get it off and you want to do it so bad, even just as a hobby, even just trying to learn a new craft then you'll find time, you'll find the money, you'll find a way you're not going to care mm -hmm. what other people think. Whereas, you know, if you're hesitant and you're making up excuses, it obviously wasn't that important to you in the first place. So I, I love that idea that there's no, there's no benefit to just saying no and sitting on your hands and not doing it. Yep. And to everyone listening, who's been waiting for permission to just start that thing, I grant you full permission. Yes. Go and do it. And you know what? do a little research, like explore the research phase, look up other people who are doing what you want to do and just start gathering proof. I think that's the first step is gather proof 
that it's possible. So let's say you really want to get into watercolor, but you don't know where to start or you feel like, you know, oh, I just kind of do this for fun. I don't really want to share. Start looking up watercolor hashtags. Get inspired. See that there's a whole subculture out there just for watercolor or get a watercolor book and start playing. And then maybe you post one thing a day in Insta stories. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to like, all right, here we go. I'm going to start my business today. You can show up and share consistently in a way that feels comfortable for you. This is another thing I walk my clients through. It's about consistency. So I'm sure you can relate to this. For me, having a blog has been amazing and wonderful. And I love the entire process and everything I've been able to learn. And hey, by the way, starting a blog is almost free. So if anyone's been toying with that idea, you're literally paying for a domain. Everything else you can do very, very low cost. Like you can get a free theme. You can get all of that stuff. Um, and I started with like, I bought my domain. I bought the hosting. And then I had a free theme. And I asked for favors for people to take my pictures. And I just wrote my little heart out because I wanted to, you know. Um, but it wasn't necessarily the blog itself that really changed things for me. It was the act of showing up and doing it consistently. Mm -hmm. Showing up for myself in that way and proving to myself that I had a drop of follow through. I thought I had no follow through. And I will be completely candid. I still have many struggles and I'd love to share some of my struggles at some point in this conversation as well. Yes. But showing up and sharing consistently, that has been the key when I'm working with clients. That's been the key is that's when you start to feel the shift, showing up and sharing consistently, even if it's Instagram posts, even if it's getting in that Instagram bio and calling yourself a multi-passionate creative. The Instagram bio is a little magical manifestation portal that people do not use to the, its full potential. It's the first place I called myself a blogger. It's the first place I called myself a coach. It's the first place I called myself a copywriter. And I'm doing all of those things. Play with your Instagram bio. Like live a little, dream a little. You're not offending anyone with your dreams. So whoever is waiting for permission, permission granted, get started today. Yes, absolutely. And let's let's dive into that now. So you mentioned that you wanted to talk about a few of the struggles that you faced. Let's go into that. What have you overcome with having to be multi-passionate? Because I think I, I have a feeling that I'm about to relate to a lot of things you're going to say. And I know a lot of people listening are going to relate too. So I would love for everybody to get to hear how you've overcome these struggles that you've been facing. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the dark side of being multi-passionate. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> I want to preface this by saying um, this is not even all past tense. I still have struggles. I still move through waves of being super on top of it and then having days where I'm super not on top of it. Um, so I think it's so important. And I will say this until the cows come home, your process is a part of your story. It is to be shared. So take this as, you know, not just what I've overcome, but what I still grapple with and what I still move through. So the first dark side <laughs> of being multi-passionate is the worrying about confusing others, which we talked about a little bit earlier on. There is this inherent need to please people. Many of us have this. I think it's just a human thing, to be honest. I mean, we want we want people to like us, you know? 
Um, and so that's one of the struggles. I don't personally deal with this too much anymore. But in my Facebook community, whenever I ask people what they're going through and how it's going with being multi-passionate, many people say they don't know how to brand themselves in their website because they don't want to confuse people. Or um, they have three or four separate Instagram accounts because they don't want to confuse people. So I think that that's something that is going to be something that comes up over and over again. And what I would advise for that particular piece and what's really helped me is just realizing that you are in service of nothing more than your own creativity. That's it. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Your creativity is as multifaceted as you are. And if people don't get it, that's okay. It's really okay. And here's another way to overcome that. So the first piece is realizing that you are only in service of your own creativity. The second way to deal with confusing others is to be consistently inconsistent. (laughs) Okay. I know it sounds kind of weird, but if you go to my Instagram, which is joy knows how with a period in between each word, by the way, shameless plug. But if you go to my Instagram and you scroll, you're going to see a myriad of different content. You're going to see some plants. You're going to see a little bit of my puppy. You're going to see selfies. You're going to see quotes. I used to do recipes and food. I don't do that too much anymore because let's be honest, entrepreneurship, I like barely cook. Um, But it's consistently inconsistent. I'm not posting all crystals. I'm not posting all plants. I'm not posting all of my puppy. I'm not posting all selfies all the time. And that really has helped because people know when they come to my feed that my content is going to be varied. If I was to spend a whole month geeking out on plants, which I love, I'm a big plant mom, so I have a ton of plants in my house. If I was to spend, you know, a whole month only pushing that kind of content out and then I switch to, oh, I guess I need to show more of my face and now it's all selfies and then I get a new puppy and it's all my puppy. That's where confusion starts. So be consistently inconsistent, pick the few pillars of your personality, do a little bit of planning um, on the back end so that you make sure that you are showing a variety of the things that you do. And then you don't have to worry too much about confusing people because they'll start to get used to the fact that you're going to show up in these few different ways. Another dark side, and I mean, we can all relate, and I have not mastered this time management. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Time management. Oh my goodness. The minute I feel like I've got a hold on it, something new enters my life. And then I'm like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) So (laughs) the way that I approach this is I remember that for every struggle, there is a system. Okay. We are, it's 2019. All right. We got drones. We've got AI. We've got so much technology for every struggle. There is a system. So for those of us, myself included, I'm like literally speaking to myself as well, who are dealing with time management, it's time to lean on other systems outside of ourselves. So I think time management and project management really are hand in hand. And this is something that people forget. We feel like we're struggling to manage time, but we might just be struggling to manage our projects. So, for instance, I am a copywriter for an agency. I write for a global beauty brand. I also have freelance copywriting clients, and I have my own blog content to create. And I'm also always, like, submitting. I've been published in um, Mantra Wellness Magazine, so I also do submissions, okay? So that's a lot of different projects. 
going on at one time. And the first step for me is to look at those projects and to break them down in terms of what is due when. Like literally get a whiteboard or a piece of paper and look at all the moving parts and then assign dates to whatever I can in terms of when I know I have a project due at work or when my client's contract is ending and I know I have something to turn in, et cetera. And then from there, once you know what your projects are, you need to have a system in place that can support you. I love Trello. Trello is a project management system. It's like Pinterest meets an interactive to-do list. Maybe we can pop that in the show notes. Yep. It's a really fun way to organize projects. So for me, I have to break a project down before I can even think about time. So I want anyone listening, you might think you have a time management pro- problem or a struggle, but it might be a project management problem. So always break your project down into steps, know what you're doing now, what's next, and so on. Then look at time. In terms of time management, I am a person who wakes up and needs like two hours to feel alive. I don't know if anyone feels me on this. I have coffee. It's not that I don't feel alive, but it's just like I like a slow morning and I feel so upset at myself. Like, why can't I just get up at six and start working by seven and I'll have like all this more time or get up at five, you know? Um, so, but I learned something about my circadian rhythm is that I'm what's called a third bird. I'm like a 9am to 9pm person. That's my body. That's how I function. So I do my best work starting around like 830 or nine. And then I can work until the afternoon that I need to take a little bit of a break. I can do a little bit more work into the evening, but around like seven, that's it. My brain is done. I shut off. It's like bedtime. So understanding when you are actually able to work is important because if you schedule every hour of the day, but you don't really function during those hours, it's just going to be a struggle. It's going to take you so much longer to do everything. So you can figure out, actually there's a, there's a live training in my Facebook community about this um, from my friend, Christine, who is a holistic time management coach. And she actually gives you tips on how to figure out what your circadian rhythm is. It has to do with the time you normally go to sleep and the time you wake up. But I think inherently most of us know, right? We know like I'm a night owl, I'm a morning person. And if you feel like you're neither of that, congratulations, you're with me, you're a third bird. (laughs) You're just like, you're just like, I'm like a grandma. Like I want to like be asleep a little bit early, but I don't want to wake up too early. (laughs) Um, So knowing when you function the best. And then I've had to just embrace Google Calendar. Like I'm a person who's like, no, I like paper and I want to have a planner. I had to just get a Google calendar because when you're making appointments and things are coming in and you don't have your planner with you, guess what? Do not depend on your brain to remember that. You're not going to remember it. You need to get Google calendar or some kind of calendar that you can have on your phone. um, And then you can transfer into your planner and make it super cute with stickers and all of that stuff. But time management is an ongoing thing. We could do a whole podcast just about that. So I want to move on. But just be aware that project management is a big piece that people are not talking about enough. Um, Another dark side is feeling like you need to niche. Niche down. What does that mean? What does that look like? For me, niche down sounds like nails on a chalkboard a little bit. And it's not that it's bad advice because it is important to understand who you're speaking to so that you can you know, use the language of your audience and so that you can grow your business when you get to that point. 
But niching down too early or feeling like you need to niche down too early, I think, is a struggle for many multi-passionate. My solution for this is <laughs> what I call the join us how froyo method. <laughs> so I want you to, everyone listening, I want you to think about the last time you went to a frozen yogurt shop. Uh, what's the first thing you did? You went and you grabbed a little cup, right? You took that little cup and what did you do? You went and you tried a flavor. Maybe you loved it, maybe you didn't. If you didn't, you grabbed another little cup. You tried another flavor. You did this until you felt confident enough to grab your big cup. Am I right? Yes, right? And even when you grabbed your big cup, was it not a combination? Was it not a little bit of cake batter with a little bit of strawberry or whatever? And then you knew Okay, and in order to make this really good, I need to have a little bit of these toppings, right? Guess what? No one judged you in the yogurt shop. <laughs> but in life, we're expected to walk headfirst into the yogurt shop, grab the big cup, get one flavor, no toppings, walk out satisfied. Let that sink in. It's okay to try things out before you grab your big cup. So maybe you need to embrace what I call little cup phase. Maybe you're at a, you know, a season in your life where it's about, I'm going to try a little of this. I'm going to try a little of that. And I'm not going to do it with guilt. I'm going to do it with joy. I'm going to do it with confidence. And you're going to know you are intuitive. Do not let the very well-meaning advice of others around you stop you from embracing your own intuitive power. You will know when you're ready to grab your big cup. You will know, okay, I'm really into this singing thing. I just love the way that I can show up and you know sing and I love connecting with people that way. I'm gonna lean into that. Or I really love writing poetry. I'm, you know what, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm ready to grab my big cup. And that being said, it's okay to still have a combination. So when it comes to niching down, what I like to say is instead of choose your niche, think of it as arriving at your niche, right? Like through the course of your experience, through the little cup phase, you will organically arrive at your niche. And there is so much benefit to moving through the world in this way, because when you get there, you will have so much clarity. I'm choosing, so let's give a real life example. There was one point in the Joy Knows How world where I had an Etsy shop. I was singing live on Instagram doing Sunday serenades. That was how I shared my music. I was blogging consistently and really focused on growing my social media. So I was doing a lot. And I really, quite frankly, dove right into the Etsy thing. I was like, I'm doing this. I want to have products. I just wanted products. I wanted to sell things. Well, it turns out I don't like shipping things. Like, I do not love it. It does not bring me joy. I don't like it. And so I realized after I had started a separate Instagram for my Etsy and branded it and all of these things and promoted it heavily and did giveaways that I didn't want to do it anymore. And I wish that I would have stayed in little cup phase a little longer with that Etsy idea because I went all in and got like business cards and had a pop-up at West Elm and did all the things, which is totally fine. That was my journey, whatever. I don't, I'm not like, there's no shame in this, but I, I let it go because 
quite frankly, when I think about what my real mission is to really, you know, reach other multi-passionates that no longer fit into the puzzle for me. So I let it go. So, you know, I was able to find my niche, which would be, which is ironic as heck, because my niche is like speaking to the nicheless. So, um, but I arrived there super organically because nothing else brought me as much joy as that. And do you know how good that feels? Like that feels so different than, well, okay, I better pick. I think I'll do this. Arriving to your niche because nothing else feels as good is a whole nother experience. And that's what I want for everyone listening to embrace. So those are three. So we've gone over confusing others, time management, and niching down. And then the last piece would be focus. So maybe you are like, you know what, Joy, this is great advice, but honestly, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm multi-passionate. I feel super good about everything I'm doing. I am loving life as a multi-passionate. The only thing is, though, uh, I'm not sure what to focus on, right? It's kind of similar to niching down, but even when you're in, even when you've arrived to your niche, like even if you're just blogging, there's still so many elements of that. How do you know what to focus on? But if you're embracing more than one passion at a time, it can also be confusing. So my strategy for this is to ask yourself powerful questions. So for instance, you can ask yourself, in what ways will your personal well-being be enhanced once you find focus? Like really dig into why you want to focus. Ask yourself, why is finding focus a key element to your success? And then go deeper. How would your ability to focus positively affect those around you? So you need to start to understand why you want to focus. Because a lot of us say we want to focus, but really we're so enjoying jumping from thing to thing that there's a part of us that doesn't want that. So that's the first piece. And then there's another process you can do. And I have a free workbook that we can link to in the show notes that will walk you through all of this. But think about your core values. Think about the qualities, the things in your life that if you had more of would enhance everything. I like to ask people, clients or anyone that I'm working with, what's the one thing that if you had more of would enhance every other area of your life? It's a really deep question. And once you tap into that and you know, maybe for you it's money, like I need more dollars, that would enhance everything. Maybe it's connection, I need more connection. That would enhance everything. I need more confidence, whatever it is. Then you look at the passions that you have and see what matches up with those core values. And then you can pick a primary and a secondary focus and just start there. But yeah, those would be the, those would be the dark sides of being multi-passionate. Girl, oh my gosh. Like I'm sitting <laughs> over here with like chills and taking notes and feel like I just got like a full-blown life coaching session (laughs) on this podcast. So I'm telling you, oh my gosh, first of all, that, that frozen yogurt analogy is my new favorite analogy ever on (laughs) like, that's amazing. I I saw where you were going with it and I was like, oh my gosh, she tied this to frozen yogurt. That is amazing. (laughs) So that made me so happy first of all, but I just, I, every single thing that you said, I know I identified with. And I know there's going to be so many people listening to this that are like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. I never looked at it this way. I never 
even considered that this was an issue. Yeah, time management is where I struggle. Oh, no, wait, it's not time management. It's project management. So Mm -hmm. everything you said was 100% agreeable. And I know I relate to it. I know everybody listening is going to relate to it. So a hundred percent, that was amazing. I, I feel like I got slapped in the face with a coaching session and that's <laughs> exactly what I wanted this conversation to be. So I'm so excited about that. And I, I love your, you know, ideas for, okay, this is how you overcome it. And that you, you prefaced that by saying you haven't really overcome it yet. It's something you're constantly working on. Cause I feel like, and I say this a lot because it comes up a lot, but I feel like it's like that with everything. We feel like we don't, we're not there yet until we've overcome something and we're not Mm. there yet until it's perfect. And, you know, you mentioned somewhere earlier in the show that your process is part of your journey. And I think that's the part we forget. We're also focused on that really successful end destination and whatever that big dream is, the, you know, all those puzzle pieces coming together finally for you to be able to call yourself successful and be happy with the work that you've done in our minds, that has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, you know, I just love what you said about that process, because I think when you get to the point where you can embrace the uncertainty and you can embrace the imperfections and really just love where you're at. And of course, you know, go for bigger things and try more things. And, you know, we all want to be more successful. We all want to have more money. We all want to meet more people and do bigger things than we're currently doing. But when you learn to reach for those things while also being happy with where you're currently at, I think that's when the doors open up for you. I think that's when you start Mm. to really be able to find all of those things that you love doing just because you love doing them, not necessarily because they make you money and pay your bills. Absolutely. I love that. Oh, so I think we're kind of out of time, but Oh my gosh. I, we could talk about this all day. I know you mentioned that before and I, I, now I get it. We could literally talk about this all day because this was so dang good. So dang good. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear it because like we said, there's just not enough conversation and resources for multi-passionates. And this was just the tip of the iceberg. So who knows, maybe we have to have you back on sometime and finish this conversation. But this was just incredible. I mean, this was such a powerful conversation, I think for anybody in business, but especially anybody who feels like they're trapped in that space where they're trying to find one thing or find that one thing that they're good at or that they can make money with. So I'm super excited about this, but (laughs) any any last minute thoughts that you wanted to add before we dive into a lightning round? Um, I just want to remind everyone to show up as you are that your talents and your gifts are not meant to be hidden. They are meant to be shared and that there is nothing wrong with you. Love it. (laughs) Absolutely love it. Well, like I said, I do have a lightning round. I do this with every guest at the end of the podcast and it's just like fun little quick questions that I'm curious about. So are you ready? Let's do it. All right. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Take my dog outside to pee. (laughs) he wakes me up in the morning. So that's so funny. We recently had somebody say that same thing and it was the first time anybody had said that and I'm a dog owner. So I relate to that. And yeah, that's, that's so true. That's very, very true. He kind of runs the show in the morning. (laughs) Oh yeah. Mine runs the show all the time. Yeah. He's very spoiled. 
Yeah. <laughs> what is the last book that you read? Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Amazing book all about creativity. I highly recommend it. Mm, that's one of my favorites. I mm -hmm. love that one. It's mm -hmm. so good. So good. Uh, what is one thing that you recommend to everybody? So this can be a product, an item, just something that you use every day that you want to shout from the rooftops. Well, does it have to be a product or an item or can it be like a process or a... it could be a process. That's good. Oh, I recommend everyone takes a bath at least once a week. <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> Just do it. It's like never a bad idea. Just that is such a unique answer. <laughs> I love it. Good advice though. Very good advice. Yeah. All right. Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? My favorite quote and the best piece of advice I've ever been given is how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm, yes. yes. That really yes, helps yes. you with procrastination. Like if I'm procrastinating on something, I remember how I do anything is how I do everything. So if I don't want to put that dish in the dishwasher, it might seem like just a dish, but how I do anything is how I do everything. And anytime I hear that in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I'll do the dishes. <laughs> yes, that is good. That is so good. I love that. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to write that one down later because I really, please do. I love it's that. So helpful. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Oh, so good. All right. Well, tell everybody, because I know they're going to want to go follow you. Tell everybody where they can find you, give them your blog, your social, and just remind them about that workbook. Absolutely. So on social media, come and hang out with me at joy, J-O-I dot knows, K-N-O-W-S dot how. Hang out with me there. I'm very active there, um, especially my stories. Stories are kind of where it's at for me on Instagram. On my website, you can see how I brand myself. We didn't really talk about that. Maybe next time we can talk about branding yourself as a multi-passionate. But if you want to check out my branding, kind of basically come over to my online house. My website's like my house. If you want to come over and hang out, then go to joyknowshow.com. There's a hyphen in between each word. But if you start typing joyknowshow.com, it'll come right up. You can also join my free Facebook community. If you're a multi-passionate person and you've been looking for multi-passionate people to connect with, and you want to feel like you're a part of a community of people who understand you, I'd love for you to join my Facebook community. It's completely free. Uh, there's free live weekly trainings and giveaways and all kinds of fun stuff that happens in there. And that is called the Creative Abundance Tribe over on Facebook. And yes, we are going to link in the show notes to my Finding Focus workbook. It is a seven-page workbook that walks you through finding focus and shifting your subconscious to really support you in being more focused. And I've gotten great, great responses from it. So I'd love for you to have that. If you want to have a conversation with me about your unique struggles and your unique passions, then go to my website and you can schedule a coaching connection call with me. Awesome. Yeah. You guys, like she said, we'll put all of that in the show notes. So definitely check that out because these are resources and communities that you absolutely do not want to miss out on. So check that out in the show notes. Go follow Joy on Instagram because she's amazing and you'll get this kind of inspiration every single day. So Joy, thank you so much, first of all, for just coming on here and sharing all of this, you know, expertise and advice and the journey that you've been through. Because like we've said, 
there's not enough conversation about this. So I love that you're willing to step up and be the person that says, you know what, I'll do it. I'll, I'll be the one that talks to the masses and takes them on this journey with me. So I'm so excited that we had this conversation. I think it was so great. Like I said earlier, I feel like it was a slap in the face for a lot of people, which is what we really need sometimes. So I love just how passionate you are about it and how great the advice was. So thank you so, so much for that. Thank you so much, Haley. This is awesome. And anytime you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to come back. Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.